guys. I'm with Christoph. This is Person About Town. We're outside. It's a Sunday morning. There's nature and everything. You can hear cars and trees and stuff. All right, let's get started. Christoph, introduce yourself. Good morning, everybody. My name is Christoph. I uh, like everything that's coconut flavored, and uh, it's pretty much all there is to me. <laughs> I, uh, so tell them, tell them where we are. We're, we're in the Middlesex Fells in Medford. Um, this is sort of an area that is often overlooked by people our age living in the Somerville area because it's kind of the opposite direction from where you would usually go if you woke up somewhere around Davis. Um, there's not much in the way of, of brunch here, but it's, it's very... Uh, scenic and soothing and I've been coming here for years and years I actually can't remember the first time I came here okay. yeah um, but Describe what we're seeing so we, we just came in there's there's a bunch of this this park is actually in like four or five different towns I think um, and 93 kind of cuts through the middle of it but we're in the sort of the southwestern part of it at Bellevue Pond and you walk in, there's a beautiful little body of water, um, a lot of lilies on it right now. And uh, there's a bunch of different hiking and biking paths uh, that you can explore to your heart's content. And what we're going to do is going to walk around a little bit and then we're going to end up at a lookout tower where you can actually see pretty much the entire city of Boston spreading out beneath you so it's a great payoff for uh, finishing up the hike. Nice. So you don't remember the first time you came here but do you remember any significant moments that you spent here where you and your friends maybe came? Yeah there's lots of times I mean it's it's a great uh, date spot actually um, and uh, I remember I was here one time in the winter, like, I was going to say like January, so there was like a foot or two of snow. Um, I was here with my girlfriend, who's 5'2", um, and we were we were taking the shortest path up to the summit, which is uh, it's fairly steep, and so if you're that height and there's snow, sometimes you need somebody to kind of like lift you up and carry you occasionally. Um, so that was pretty fun. I definitely got a better workout out of it than she did. Um, yeah, but I've been here, you know, pretty much every time of day, you know, the sunrise is gorgeous, the sunset is beautiful, I've come here, um, on bike rides, um, once with my road bike, and I realized that that was not a good plan, and had to turn around, um, and then I've also gotten lost a bunch of times, um, just hiking with, uh, with friends where we didn't really set a specific plan and then realized that we were probably in a different town than we thought we were going to be in. How did you get out those times you got lost? Um, you know, it's, it's actually small enough that you can just follow your nose. Um, my nose is usually pretty good at, um, it's good at getting lost, but it's kind of good at getting unlost too. Um, yeah, this was before the smartphone era, so. I kind of live in the pre-smartphone era still myself. So. Do you not have a smartphone? I don't. I don't. I just uh, 
Never got one. So what are some of the reasons why you decided not to get a smartphone? Oh, like uh, seven reasons not to get a smartphone on Lifehacker. Um, I think um, I think I'm just like easily distracted enough already. So I think it would just make me a lot worse. Like especially in a place like this, you know, if you got your things buzzing, it just prevents you from unless you're like focused enough it prevents you from like actually being aware of all the things that are going on so that's the main reason um yeah i don't know i just i felt like i would i it's also cool we were just talking about this as we were driving up that it's cool to be able to get lost which is hard to do and you've got the smartphone yeah um and i remember like so maybe like two years ago, I'd biked up here from my house, which is like a 10, 15 minute ride away. And I biked around here a little bit and then I went, you know, went home, but tried to decide, I decided to try a different route. And then, you know, I just realized after a while that I had no idea where I was, but it was, it was like very liberating because it hadn't happened in a, in a while. And like, I don't know, it was kind of like, you know, if you have like a favorite popsicle when you're a kid and then you don't have it for a long time and then you just like have that flavor again yeah. and it's like oh it brings yeah. you back it's kind of like that that feeling of getting just being lost so how long have you lived in boston um i've been here seven years now which is actually the longest time i've ever spent living in one city or in one country at a time. So tell them where you're from and like what your background is. Uh, okay. Um, let me pull out the resume <laughs> and get the dates straight. Um, so I was, I was born in Hungary. I uh, jumped the Iron Curtain pretty early on. I um, was born in 83, and then a few years later, I uh, moved over to the U.S. for a few years. I lived uh, lived in the south, near where you're from, Kinnis. Yeah. I lived in Florida, uh, which is a, it's actually a great place to be a three-year-old, because it's almost always sunny, and... Uh, there's a lot of swimming pools, and it's kind of like all you need <laughs> when you're that age. Tell the listeners what this weird noise they're hearing is. Um, yeah, so we're, we're actually sort of heading up a trail here that's, what would you call this? This is like little... It's big gravel. Gra yeah, I, I wanted to call it gravel, but it's, it's a little rougher than that. Yeah. Um, not good ballerina flat time. If you're deciding to come here, I would not wear... Uh, $15 Target ballerina flats, just a heads up. Yeah, I, I, apparently I should have warned Kenise that when you go in on a trail to hike, then that's not, maybe not the best attire. Um, I was confused. When you said the fells, I thought you meant the fens. So I was like, oh, we're just like walking around like Fenway <laughs> or like the, that little necklace place with like sidewalks and stuff the emerald necklace yeah that one <laughs> yeah well i think we'll be okay let me know if you need me to carry you <laughs> we'll do I, that 
harder than your girlfriend, so. That's true. Um, yeah. Yeah, the iron curtain. The iron fence is like, <laughs> that's probably what they're building right now in Ukraine. So. Make it a little more topical. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, Florida, great place. Actually, a very underrated place. A lot of beautiful nature down there. Um, so I was there for a couple of years. And then sort of hopped back over the, the curtain when it was crumbling uh, in 89. And then, yeah, just moved around a lot after that. So spent a, f a few years on and off in Hungary, since I'm in Germany and Holland and uh, and France, and then ended up coming to college here, and eventually ended up in Boston for grad school, and I'm working with with Kinesis now, actually. Uh, I know next to nothing about Hungary. Tell me a little bit more about it. Well, what's your image of Hungary like? If I say a Hungarian, like, can you physically describe what that, what image that evokes in you? So because I know you, I imagine Hungarians are all like eight feet tall, blonde, blue-eyed people. Um, How accurate is that? Uh, and that's, that's about as accurate as saying Americans are all five foot tall, uh, <laughs> black people. Because you know me. Yeah. Um, so what, yeah, what do the people like? What, is, what, do we, what would we see? Well, you would, yeah, so that's, um, well, I'm, I'm trying to come up with some fun facts about hunger. The only thing that comes to mind right now is we're the worst country in the EU at foreign languages. <laughs> we're actually, yeah, we're like worse than Romania, if you can believe that. When you say worse at languages, like people aren't bilingual or what's the deal? Yeah, I mean, they barely even speak Hungarian, I guess. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, you know, it's just like, it's a weird people because it's surrounded by all these Slavic countries, but it's not Slavic itself. Um, and it's kind of like, it's a little bit like Poland. It's sort of like the, this like really, um, rundown welcome mat of Europe, if you will. So. You know, if you think about the history of Hungary, it's basically, from what I remember from high school, this is like my uh, two-minute summary, is you got 1000 AD, you have these sort of uh, wandering people decide to settle in the Carpathian Basin and adopt Christianity and become a little bit more westernized. And then eventually the Ottomans come in and they kind of conquer the area and, and, uh, and rule it for a while. And then the Hungarians get fed up with that. So they look around, they find the Austrians, and they say, okay, can you guys help us get rid of the Ottomans? And they say, okay, yeah, totally. So they come in, they get rid of the Ottomans, and then, and then the Austrians are ruling us. And, you know, and then 100 years pass, and the Hungarians are like, fuck, like, am I allowed to swear on this podcast? <laughs> they wouldn't say fuck. They don't they'd say something like that in Hungarian. And they would, um, you know, they get the Ottomans to get the, kick the Austrians out. And so you sort of see where where this sort of leaves you and <laughs> it's like this uh, dynamic equilibrium that doesn't really help you develop a civilization. Um, so uh, yeah, now there's just this sense of like, I don't know, if you meet other Eastern Europeans, they have this sort of like 
wry, kind of like pessimistic, sarcastic <laughs> view. I don't know if you... <laughs> I know you, <laughs> so I get that from you. I mean, I feel like I can spot an Eastern European at a party. <laughs> I have from just like, you know, giving off that vibe. But it's funny because like when you meet people from there who have ended up here, it's like a different, like that's a totally different sort of self-selection. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a whole nother thing. But uh, yeah, I mean other stuff, you know, if, you, if you've ever seen pornography, like the ladies are, you know, much more likely to be Hungarian than many other. Oh, I always thought Russian. No, I mean, I think the way it is, is like, as you go farther east, like, it's like different, like, levels of, uh, of, like, exploitation. <laughs> okay. So you get into Russia, it's like a little bit more like the human trafficking angle. Um, and then, you know, Hungary, it's like, yeah. They'll do porn, but they're not, like, owned by somebody. Yeah, exactly. We're not, like, desperate enough. Like, it's never, <laughs> not, like, tragically desperate. Just kind of, like, you know, not too happy. All right, so you, Hungary to Florida, back to Hungary, Germany. You said a couple other countries. What about those? How are those? Yeah, um, this way. Um, let's see, what do you, what do you want to know about? Um, so just kind of like how living in those different countries informs your experience of America. Ah, yeah, the melting pot theory. Um, yeah, I mean, Germany, the thing about, like, Germany and spent a little time in Sweden, too, um, it's, like, you feel like sort of civilization is, like, all set, you know, like, they're kind of done, yeah. which is cool. I mean, it's really boring because it's, like, a country, like, just like an Ikea, you know, like, everything's, everything's where it should be. Right. Um, but, you know, it's, like... You know, it's like as good as it gets, right? Like you sort of, everything's working and um, it's, there's no, there's, there's no like any, you know, it's just, it's all very even keeled. Um, yeah, let's, um, we can actually just have a seat for a little bit. All right, I'm helping Kenise now. It's, all right, here we go. <laughs> um, Might yeah. Do um, I don't know. Do you usually get ticks? I don't know. <laughs> I'm not awful. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's go this way. Okay. We're walking at an angle down some rocks. Next time I wear better shoes, Kenny's. <laughs> yeah, so that's the thing about podcasting on the trail is if the trail is too narrow for two people. And it, Looks like I have Kines on a leash, which is probably not the best thing to be doing in America. A war correspondent? Okay, not a war correspondent. I get that that's a bit extreme of a, of a metaphor analogy comparison you know what I mean yeah, well I think it's more like the David Attenborough you know when he's walking through the jungle and just like sweats pouring off of him have you ever see like the Monty Python spoofs of that I have not. And it's just like buckets of water like streaming out of Michael Palin's face that's kind of what it's like 
Yeah. Um, and then France, what are we talking about? France, uh, I don't know, France, I feel like I don't know that much about France other than Paris, which is like, it's, you know, it's like the Disney World of cities. It really is, it's like, it's great. I mean, it's just, it's great, but it's like, everything's just centered around the tourists and they have this love-hate relationship with them. Here, we're back on a trail. Um, yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. The food is great. Uh, it's a very well-managed city. But I, I don't see that much of, like, France outside of Paris. Although I did go on a fox hunting trip once. Fox hunting? <laughs> yeah. So I was tutoring this kid in English. His grades weren't very good. And tutored him for, like, a month or two. His grades did not get better. <laughs> And his mom came home one day, and she's like, hey, can I have a word with you after the lesson? I'm like, fuck, I'm getting fired. Like, it's my first time getting fired. This is exciting. Um, and she's like, hey. I'm like, yo, what's up? You know, like, bonjour. And uh, she's like, we want to invite you to, uh, uh, you know, uh, a weekend in the country. And I said, that sounds great. I love the country. And... Uh, she said, okay, like, we're going to, here's the thing, right? Like, my mother has a castle in the Loire Valley. And I was like, of course she does. <laughs> and um, are you leading the way now? No, I was just someone had walked on it before. Yeah, no, this is good. We can, we can hang out here. Would you rather be in the shade or in the sun? I have no preference. Okay. Are you trying to get a tan? Um, no. Okay. But it's fine. I like, I mean, I, I, it's not that bad right now. Um, so I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do that. So we go and yeah, it's literally what she said. Like her mother has a castle and her husband is in a fox hunting group and they have, it's a very bizarre sport, right? Cause like the people don't seem to do much. I don't know. I, do you know what fox, you know, I've seen I feel like it. I told you the story and you. No, you've never told me the story. I've only seen fox hunting in like. What is that movie? Uh, it's a, uh, it's an ensemble cast from 2001, Gosford Park. They go fox hunting. That's uh -huh. about it. Or pigeon hunting. I can't remember. I, I think. I mean, I actually didn't know. She just said the expression to me in French, and I had no idea what it was. Uh, but then I told my friends about it. And I have this one friend who's from. She's actually from <laughs> South Carolina. The and lower, the, the lesser Carolina. And she was like, "Oh, fox hunting." And I'm like, "Sure." I'm like, "What's that?" And so she described it. And I think it, that's what it was. So basically, they have these, they have a, a bunch of dogs and a bunch of horses and a bunch of men. And they have this one poor animal, like a, what is it? It's like a deer or something. Not a deer, but like. Not a fox, or I guess. Something edible. Yeah. And they, they give the dogs the scent of this animal, right? And then they, they let it loose. And then, you know, a little bit later, like, I don't know, like 10 minutes or half an hour later or something, they let the dogs loose. So the dogs, like, the dogs have, like, the insignia of the fox hunting group, like, painted on the side of their, of their fur. fur. Yeah. And, uh, and so then they let the dogs out. And the dogs, like, do kind of all the work, right? Mm -hmm. So the dogs are just, like, picking up the trail of this animal. 
and then there's these there's these guys who ride around on horses and follow the dogs around mm -hmm. and so then what ends up happening i guess is they eventually corner this animal right and the dogs surround it and then it wasn't clear to me how hmm. you know i mean obviously the animal dies there is a death involved uh and I don't, I don't know if one of the people shoots it and if there's some sort of seniority involved or if it's the dogs like just kind of tear it apart. It. And also, I, I didn't even understand whether we were going, because there was a big feast that evening, and whether we were going to eat. The animal that you But killed. I don't think we were. I okay. think I actually mentioned that at the feast, and they were like, oh, ha-ha. And I was like, <laughs> oh, it was a good joke, even though it wasn't meant to be. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense. Like, if you're going to kill it, why not eat it? I mean, that's some real fresh meat right there. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, but it was a, it was a good cultural experience there. Nice. So that's that's France. We talked about Germany. We talked about France. Mm -hmm. Talked about Hungary. Now we can talk about your time in Boston. <laughs> you, here, you said what? Seven years. Seven years. Yeah. Yeah. Which I learned in first grade as a, as a like a fairy tale number. Oh, yeah. Like, there are these fairies, you know, like the seven, seven witches, yeah, 12, and like the three, three sons, and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a long time. That's like, it's pretty long. Like, where were you seven years ago? Seven years ago, what year was that? That 2007? was 2007. I was in Durham, North yeah. Carolina. Durham. Yeah. Um, so, wait, what initially brought you here? Well, I, I came, what initially brought me here, well, I actually lived in Boston, like, in high school for a year. Mm -hmm. um, I lived out in Arlington by Spy Pond, which is another cool spot. It's kind of have to check it undiscovered. Out. Um, and then, yeah, it was actually, it was like a huge coincidence that, not a coincidence, but I was applying to grad school, like, all over the country and in a couple of other countries. And I was, like... I was ready. I, I was ready to like go to Wisconsin, mm -hmm. and then I I was actually just up in Boston for a concert, at like a week or two before all these deadlines, and and then I was at this show, and then the next day I was like, oh well, you know, I I applied to Tufts, and like I, I got in. I just they they weren't able to give me enough money. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, you know, I'll stop by see if I can like talk them into something. And so that's what happened. Like, I went up there and, like, talked to some of the professors. And, like, oh, yeah, yeah, we can, like, figure something out for you. But, like, they came through it, like, the last, like, I was literally, it was, like, an, you know, a couple hours before I had to, like, send, put my thing to Wisconsin in the mail. Yeah. And they were, like, yeah, you can come here and we'll, like, give you an assistantship and whatever. And I was, like, because I had gone out to visit Wisconsin. And I kind of liked it. It was Madison. But, like, I went out there in April and the lakes were still completely frozen. Right. And I was like, you know, there's no, like, I can come here, but, like, there's no way I can do more than two years. Yeah. So it would have been just been, like, I would have known that that was all I was coming for. Whereas Boston, like, it just felt right. Nice. So, so wait, what did you study in grad school? I studied computer science. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was in the Ph.D. program, and then I decided to to go on leave. So I'm on leave. I've been on leave for five years. Oh, nice. You, but you could start back up, theoretically? I guess so. I, they said they'd keep my papers around for a couple years. Okay. I don't know if that statute of limitations has expired or not. 
Is that what you'd need if you ever wanted to say teach computer science, or? Uh, is I it mean, just it depends on who you want to teach it to. You know, yeah. like you can teach whatever you want. <laughs> just like. Just anyone can just teach. <laughs> I yeah. could teach computer science. You could, you could, yeah. Is I mean, I've taught, I've taught the company some computer science, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, was, I just went into it thinking, like, um, you know, you do a PhD, like, they help pay. Yeah. And then you can always stay. It's like this game they play. Like, everybody plays it, right? Like, they play. They try to keep you around if they like you. Mm -hmm. But some people don't want to leave, but they have to leave because they get kicked out. So. Yeah. It's just the risk they take Got it. Um, in funding you, and then maybe you you don't end up staying to research. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, they did, like, brain-computer interfaces, which is, like, kind of neat. What does that entail? So, basically, the idea of this research group was that you can detect certain things about your brain state using different devices and then, like, use that to change a computer interface. So, like, uh, most of the research has focused on, like... Um, what do they call it? Like people who can't move their arms or their legs, you know, they're like, uh, paralyzed people? yeah, they're paralyzed and they're like, there's this other word anyway. Paraplegic? I don't no, know. <laughs> it's like locked in. They're oh, locked in. Okay. So they like can't do anything. Like maybe they can't even like blink their eyes. Right. But if you hook an EEG up to them, then you can actually teach them to like control certain things with their thoughts. Oh, so wow. like you have like an EEG hooked up to them and then. It's, you know, they could, like, control a cursor, right? So you, like, start with, like, oh, think, like, red to move it left and, like, green to move it right. And then you, like, you know, you, like, tune the machine and then, like, eventually they just learn to control it and it's, like, having a limb or whatever. Wow. But that's, that's all, I mean, it's cool for, like, locked-in people, but that's, mm -hmm. like, not most of the population. So the idea was, like, use the same technology for, like, people who don't have a, uh, you know, a, a paralysis problem, but mm -hmm. just, like, you know, maybe you can make... A, a machine easier to use right so you know and there's a little bit of this in like you have like fighter pilots like all of their um vital signs are monitored to like make sure that they're like totally in control if they go unconscious then like you know parachute them out or whatever right. it's like a little bit of an extension of that kind of stuff okay um so that was cool but it was like kind of premature so we had this device that would like shine a laser into your head and then measure the blood oxygenation in like different areas of your brain mm-hmm but, like, the signal was pretty weak. Like, we didn't really know what we were measuring. So, right. like, there wasn't really a good way to, like, figure out what to change. Like, mm -hmm. obviously, the resolution is now better. And, like, we did a little bit of, like, okay, like, say you knew, then what would you do? Like, how would you, you know, would you, like, make this font bigger? But then that's, like, also not completely clear. Like, that's another, like, research question. Because, like, you know, you have, like, shit like Clippy, right? Where it's, What's like, Clippy? hey, it looks like, you know, like, um... You know, Microsoft Word a couple oh, of years yeah, ago, that, and you like, start little... typing, and you say, like, Dear Kenise. Yeah. And then, you know, the thing, the paperclip would show up, and yeah. like, hey, it looks like you're writing a letter. And it was, like, stupid, right? It was yeah. totally dumb. <laughs> so, like, it's not clear. Like, okay, like, it's it, maybe you can figure out you're writing a letter, but then, like, you just write your fucking letter. Yeah. Like, what else can you do? <laughs> so, it was cool, but, you know, then I just got a job and nice. moved on. So, yeah. There seems to be, like, a pretty big computer science community here do you get involved in that at all um i don't know i'm kind of like nerd phobic what? so <laughs> what does that mean <laughs> um i i don't know i just don't really like hang out with nerdy people okay that much i mean i guess everybody i you know everybody's nerdy to some extent but like yeah i'm not the like 
you know, wear your fly your nerd flag with pride kind of guy. Okay. So, um, there's some stuff. I mean, it's cool that like, I don't know. It's an area where you can just like play around with stuff easily. If you don't, you know, in your field, like you need probably easier than it would have been like 10 or 20 years ago like, like you've got a podcast and you're like you don't have like a lot of capital right yeah like 20 years ago you couldn't have done that right because you need like a recording studio or like something right yeah so it's kind of like that but it's even easier for like a programmer because if you want to like play around this stuff like you don't like you barely even need a computer now you know <laughs> you can like just you know if you wanted to you could, like, use a smartphone and like right buy a little bluetooth keyboard or something and like you've got all you need so mm -hmm. it's like very easy to just like teach yourself stuff and then like play around and sort of contribute to the community um and like make a name for yourself nice so that's neat um but it's you know you have to be sort of self-motivated mm -hmm. to do that so there's a motorcycle in the distance yeah we're pretty close to the high this is actually like when you get to the edges of the park you or the yeah the park i guess you you're, you're right next to 93 so you can sort of hear the oh you can hear them actually in the background yeah i can here. hear the the cars but i can't see the cars for all the trees it I, I you could easily tell me that we're like miles deep in a national forest i would not be able to tell the difference outside of like the few car sounds yeah so do you what are um how does this work do you like is this like uh, can i ask you questions you can ask yeah. me a few questions that it's supposed to be focused <laughs> on you do you how, how, what where do you go when you want to go to like the woods do you ever want to go to the woods um not often <laughs> so i'm trying to think uh there's a walking path behind my house that i'll sometimes walk through and it goes from uh like near somerville hospital down through davis and to alewife so like that's as natural as i get usually because there's like an area where it's just kind of like a field and you're walking through that and there's some tall reeds and you're walking through that and I, then I'm like, yep, outside, got it. This is, uh, this is a bit more than that, mm -hmm. but it's nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So wait, you were saying about, like, you're nerd-phobic and you don't hang out with nerds. Then who would you say that you hang out with? Who's your, like, crew of people? How did you find them? Like, how did that work out? Oh, yeah, the crew. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, actually, I ask that of people all the time when I, like... You know, when they, I've heard they just moved somewhere. Um, I don't know, I feel like I was really lucky here. Because um, I, you know, I came here. I remember, actually, I was just telling my girlfriend the other day that we, um, about my first party that I had when I moved to the Boston area. So I lived in, I lived in Melrose for the first three months, and I lived with a couple of Bulgarian violinists mm -hmm. um, that I just, I happened to be subletting from this girl who apparently, like, they so they're you know they're sort of professional musicians and they go to festivals for the summer so they're out of town and they lived in this like yeah, you know like kind of shoddy little house in melrose and they had never thought that anybody would want to sublet their rooms for the summer mm. so mina had this idea and they were all telling her like oh, i don't know what I, you know so then she puts this ad up and like apparently i responded like half an hour later and and she's like, you know, suck it, Tony. Like, yeah. here you go. She was like super pumped. And I was, you know, my response was like, oh, is it still available? Like, blah, blah, blah. And it was super cheap. And so, you know, so I ended up there. And I basically, like, had my own apartment for, like, 400 bucks a month. Nice. And it was because I was working in Wakefield and I didn't have a car. So, so it was cool. But Melrose itself, 
the biggest event that I saw was the weekly open mic at Starbucks on Wednesdays. <laughs> okay. Just kind of gives you an idea. It's a dry town. What? Um, there's a lot of like doctor's offices where I lived, uh. and I lived across the street from a hospital, which could have been handy in an emergency, Just I guess. In case, yeah. But so anyway, the first party I had was like a housewarming, like maybe two or three weeks after I moved in, and I like emailed all the people I knew who were in Boston, and. Um, and then, you know, I waited for, you know, RSVPs and stuff. And then I didn't have any, so I canceled <laughs> the party. <laughs> wow. So that was an auspicious start. Um, <laughs> but then, yeah, it got better from that. I don't know. I think, um, honestly, like, I don't even recall how it started. I think a lot of people were, like, friends I met in, while I was in France and, like, their friends. Mm -hmm. And then there were, like, I've had so many roommates over the years. <laughs> like, a lot, like, you know, Kenise, you were my roommate. And then I've, a lot of other roommates and kind of people I met through them. Um, that was, like, I think the base. Like, okay. I didn't really meet any. I, I have a few friends from school, like, two. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I hung out with people from school a little bit, but, like, I didn't really form too many, like, I guess it's, like, the nerd phobia part or yeah. something. Eh. Um, but then, I guess, a year or so after I moved to, to Somerville, I got into the couchsurfing scene, which was, like, this huge revelation, right? Yeah. Um, and it was, like, just the right time. I feel like that was when it was, like, getting started. Right. And, like, the scene was really strong. And that yeah, was cool. It was cool for me personally because, like, I felt that that was one of the first times where I, like, just, like, broke into, like, a group of complete strangers on my own. Like, mm -hmm. I remember the first couchsurfing meetup I went to. Well, so, like, the way couchsurfing started, right? Can I go back yeah, to that? Go. So, basically, this guy, Casey Fenton, was, he booked, he was, like, bored, and he booked this trip to Iceland. And then he looked around in Iceland, and, like, all the hotels were super expensive, very expensive country. And so he... He found a list of like all the email addresses of the students at the university in Reykjavik and he spammed them, right? <laughs> so he spammed like thousands of, of students and was like, hey, I'm coming from America, like I need a place to stay, like can I crash with you? And like I, a lot of people responded, were like, yes, of course, sure, like you can see, you know, and so he went there and he like had an amazing time and so that gave him the idea of like, wouldn't it be cool to like, you know, connect people? Yeah. Right? And so I actually started the same way for me. Like, I'd, I'd heard about it a couple of years before, but I went, I, I planned a trip to Iceland. Mm -hmm. um, and then, uh, you know, the, like, cheapest accommodation was, like, a mattress on a floor for, like, 50 bucks a night or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I should check out this couchsurfing thing. And so then it was like, oh, okay, like, there's this reference system. Like, I should, like, get some references, right? Yeah. So then, like, oh, like, this whole thing with, like, meetups in Boston and everything. And so... I, you know, I went out, you know, and, and I remember, like, I pounded, like, two or three shots of whiskey or something beforehand, because uh -huh. I was so, like, oh, like, all these strangers and stuff, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I was, like, am I going to find the right group, like, am I going to go up to every table and, like, awkwardly ask them if they're the couch surfers, yeah. and all this shit, but, the, you know, I go, and it was, like, amazing, right, it was at CBC, it was outside, it was this beautiful day, like, mm -hmm. people were ordering those big towers of beer, and, yeah. like, there were, like, 40 people there, and they were all super friendly, and so that was, like, the start of that whole, like, honeymoon phase with couch surfing. Yeah. So, like, I met a lot of people through that. I mean, I met you through that originally. Mm -hmm. And, 
yeah, that was uh, those were the big sources. I think the once I think once you have like a pretty good, you know, set of friends from like different sources, then like you can play with like yeah. mixing up, and then like they have friends, and then it all just kind of like yeah, it can it can like snowball in a good direction, you know. Yeah, you seem to have quite a few like communities of people that are around you now. Yeah, I think it's that's one thing that's nice. I think it's a good sized city for like you have enough different people that you you're not you don't get bored easily but then it's like small enough that you like will serendipitously run into people and like that can reignite a connection yeah or you know there's just not enough distract like i felt i feel like in a big city sometimes it's harder to get people just because like or to commit to something because there's like so much potentially going on right like it's they're like oh maybe but then there's this other thing going on like it's almost like paradox of choice kind of thing where mm-hmm. there's like so much stuff so I don't know. How did you meet your friends here? Um, couch surfing, school, comedy. Uh huh. Yeah. So comedy is like a new influx of like yeah. different. Yeah. A characters. new group of like interesting people, some of whom share my other interests. Also, I guess film. So like comedy, film, school, which I think is also an extension of film. Yeah. Nice. Do you want to go into the shade? Because yeah, I'm starting let's to sweat. actually let's go into the shade and then let's go over to the lookout. All right, this is going to be challenging, getting down. All right. <laughs> okay, step in. Ah. <laughs> um, we came from over there, right? Yes. <laughs> this is the part where we get lost. Okay. It'll be like a Blair Witch style thing. We'll add <laughs> some sound effects in post. Yeah. Is that what they say in post? Yeah. Is that like ah! slang? Oh, sorry. No, a true branch will give you the face. It's fine. It's, I am not stabbing her. <laughs> For people who like find this later after like our bodies have washed away. <laughs> like rain and cold and sleep. But the recording still remains. My scream. They all assume that you just killed me. Are you sure this is where we came from? Uh, no. Yes. I'm just wondering if it wasn't over there. Maybe more in that direction. Yeah, it wasn't just a ton of okay, rocks. Okay, let's yeah, let's try to go around. Okay. See, I told you. See, that's the other thing is we're doing this recording now. I'm like 200% more distracted. Like, <laughs> if I had a smartphone right now, we'd probably be dead in a ditch already. <laughs> All right, so we're going back up. Rock. Yeah. And then over to the other side of the rock. Yeah, just keep going straight that way. Okay. I think that's where we came from. Cool. So what else do people talk about on your like past podcasts? What do um, they, do so they like reveal big secrets about themselves? Uh, I wouldn't say big secrets. They definitely let know let me know about like things about their past that I didn't necessarily know because I wasn't interviewing them. Uh, just hang out with somebody. Yeah. Um, but certainly like what they're like, what they don't like. Um, a lot. I've interviewed a few people who are leaving Boston. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> you seem to be staying put. So I want to know, like, what things make it so that you don't want to go anywhere else? Yeah. I mean, I guess one thing I said was, like, the size, right? So it's, like, to me, it's, like, the right size. There's, it's big enough that mm-hmm. there always seems to be something new to discover. And, uh, and yet it's small enough to not feel overwhelming and also just not to be very expensive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was the right call coming this way. Yeah, I think this is the thing. 
Yeah. I mean, the other thing is, like, I'm sort of, like, this hybrid European-American, so it's a pretty good compromise between those two. Like, it's easy to get to, you know, to get to Iceland or to get to the rest of Europe, but then you're still in America. (laughs) Which is preferable, I'm guessing. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. (laughs) Could you see yourself living in another country, you think? Yeah, probably. I, I imagine, like... I want to do that at least for some stretches of time. Mm-hmm. What are some places you've considered? Um, well, I actually really liked India, so I went there last year. It was my first time actually, like, not in Europe and in North America. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. There was like, there was something. I, I remember getting there and like, just walking around the next day, and there's something that made me really like feel like home, uh-huh. like like hungry home. Yeah. You know, and I was walking around, and I was, like, trying to figure out, it was so crazy, right? So, like, you know, you see the videos, right, of, like, traffic in India and all this stuff, and you're like, oh, it's so crazy, but you really have to be there to sort of feel the whole thing. And there's Because there's, like, you're walking along a street, and it's, like, every minute you walk along a street is, like, you know, it's like the fucking St. Patrick's Day Parade here, oh, you know? It's, like, just, like, masses of everything, but it's, like, uh, you know... Um, Cats, dogs, cows, humans, bikes, uh, um, you know, wheelbarrows, like little trikes, cars, buses. Um, yeah, I mean, sharing is like a, an interesting term for it. Like, all trying to own the road. So I was trying to figure out what the, what it was that reminded me of home. And then I think I realized it was the smell of dog piss. Which That's is like, <laughs> where I grew up in Hungary, there were a lot of stray dogs, which I think is like part of like why I'm not a huge fan of dogs now. Um, but I, some, you know, they're like scents that are like pretty unpleasant, but they still have like a positive emotional connotation because <laughs> of what you associate with them. Yeah. And I think that was like one of those things. But anyway, yeah, I just had a great time. There was there for a wedding and uh, it was like the perfect way to be there. was there for like a week, so it was like super short, super surreal. Like I didn't even have enough time to be jet lagged, you know? Right. Um, and uh, yeah, it was cool. I mean, also like, I felt like a celebrity there cause I'm like a six, six white dude. <laughs> so people would just like, Stare at you. yeah. Or just like, I, this one guy comes up to me at the Victoria Memorial. He's like, sir, he's like, he has a camera. He's like, sir. I'm like, oh, you want me to take a picture of you with the memorial? He's like, no, no, sir. He's like, oh, you want to take a, a picture with me? He's like, no, no, sir, sir, sir. And he's like, oh, you just want to take a picture of me. Like, do you want the memorial in the back? No, no, no. Just just you, like, you and grass and, like, I saw. Yeah. Wow. So tell, tell them what we're looking at. Yeah, so we just, we, we did not get lost. We came out to the lookout. I always forget what this tower is called. But basically, this is, like, a... a a cliff that faces, it's right next to I-93. It faces south, and you can see all of the city of Boston from here. Like, all of it. Like, ab- absolutely all of it. Yeah, we're talking, like, from Logan to, to like, Newton yeah, like, is that the and beyond. Uh, it's, maybe. It's, it's daytime, so it's a little harder to tell. Yeah. But, yeah, like, over there, yeah, everything. Easily. Yeah. So this is pretty cool, right? Yeah. It's, it's a, pretty neat. It's, it's got to be around noon now. Yeah. 
It's uh, very bright, very sunny. Mm-hmm. So the it's a dark outline of the city, but it's gorgeous. Yeah, I've actually never been up here at night. It's probably even cooler. I think it would be cool, but I also worry about getting murdered. Yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's... <laughs> It takes enough walking through trees and other things to get here. Like, if someone wanted to murder you, it would be pretty easy to do here. Yeah, and I mean, as we all know, Kenise is very good at planning crimes. So, uh, <laughs> if you've ever seen her show, you would know that. So, Kenise might murder you if you're up here. Who knows? So, yeah, don't, don't come up here with me, I guess. But come up here. Definitely come up here. Yeah, this is beautiful. Do you want to turn back? Yeah, let's go in the shade a little bit. Okay. I like it. It's quite warm. It is August. And also wear good shoes while you're here. There's a building you can go you can go into that? Yeah, we can do you wanna go in? Yeah, let's check and see what's Alright. Some sort of old tower. Yeah, there's a sign in there that explains what it is. I always forget what it was actually used for, but you can you can look out even more. Yeah, Wright's Tower is what it's called. There's stairs up. Mm-hmm. So this is like a, a panorama, I guess. Like you can see in all 360 degree direction. Uh, you can see more f- trees and forests, and then also the suburbs and the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of other stuff you can do here. I mean, you, as I said, you can hike and ride your bike. Um, but so that way north is you get into Malden. Uh-huh. So Medford, Malden. Um, the parks, it's also in part of Melrose, and then if you look farther east, um, it's also in Stoneham. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a pond there called Spot Pond that I'm actually going to later today, and you can, uh, you can rent kayaks, you can kayak over there. I think you can probably also swim in certain areas, hmm. so. If you're into that, if you're into swimming in nature and whatnot. Yeah, are you not? Um, I like pools. Pools, chlorine. Yeah, yeah like something that, like <laughs> a cleaning agent. <laughs> I like to be able to see all of it simultaneously. Mm-hmm. I don't want mm-hmm. there to be dark, lurky places. Do you guys have springs in North Carolina like they do in Florida, or is that more of like I a, think there are some springs. I have not been to them. I used to love those, because there the water is like super clear. Yeah. Super fucking clear. I've been to springs in California. Mm-hmm. That's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. There's one in Ojai. It's, a, it's like a hot spring, so like mm-hmm. we went in November, and just, uh, I mean, not that it's cold, it's L.A., so it's still pretty warm but it's chilly like at night it's about 55 degrees mm-hmm. and you get into this water that's like 100 degrees so yeah i'd highly recommend that if you happen to be in the la area mm-hmm. but no never north carolina mm-hmm. yeah well any last thoughts well thank you for uh having me this thank you a lot for of fun. being a part of my mm-hmm. podcast i really appreciate it yeah so now i know a new place in the city what else what are some last things like Say you have a friend coming into town, and you do this pretty frequently because you host couch surfers. Yeah. What are the things you tell them that they absolutely have to see? Um, 
Walden Pond. If you have a car, yeah. just go out there. Um, if it's the winter, I would go to Burdick's and have hot chocolate. It's where, pretty cool. Where is that? So that's in Harvard Square. I think there's another one somewhere else, too. Okay. Um, I'm trying to just talk about, like, things that are off the beaten path. Yeah, um, not, like, Fenway or... Yeah, catch a Red Sox game. Oh. Walk the Freedom Trail. Um, <laughs> Uh, another one, the Harbor Islands are beautiful mm-hmm. and easy to get to from downtown in the summer. Um, if it's the winter, uh, I don't know. Why are you in Boston? <laughs> go, <laughs> go somewhere like, else. Go somewhere a little more, you know, rural. Like oh, I'm trying to think what else. Uh, there's, I, I, it's summer, so I keep thinking of summer things. There's like a, there's a, have you ever been to the Colonnade Hotel? There's a rooftop pool there. No, it's pretty where sweet. Is that? It's another place with really good views. It's uh, it's in, it's actually near like Copley Square. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I think they have DJs some nights. It's pretty small. It's yeah. like, I don't know, like a couple times the size of this tower. Like, <laughs> this tower is not big. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, even Medford Square has got, like, There's stuff. a charm that you wouldn't think to explore. Yeah. So, go see stuff. All right. Well, say bye. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks. Bye.